0: Never mind. Never mind.
1: <laughs> Is everything okay over there, John? <laughs> I, th-
0: I think so. <laughs> Never mind. I'm so sorry. Welcome to Breathing Flames, the tabletop gaming podcast from iSlayTheDragon.com. I'm John, also known as Farmer Lenny on iSlayTheDragon, and today we'll be talking about new editions of games. It's inevitable, as soon as you decide to plunk down your hard-earned cash on a game, before you even remove the pieces from their cardboard frames, the publisher announces a new and improved second edition, making the box you hold in your hands immediately obsolete. New editions, the bane of deliberate game purchasers, also stand to breathe new life into stagnant game systems, fix flaws discovered by those rules lawyery types, and update aesthetics to a modern sensibility. But are they worth the derision they will inevitably earn from early adopters? Do they make a difference? And do they immediately brick prior editions? With me to explore this topic are fellow Dragon Slayers, Alex. Hello. And Wolfie. It's
2: actually Wolfie's second edition, just so you know.
0: Wolfie 2.0.
2: Oh, what am I going to do with all these old Wolfies now?
0: (laughs) Wait ten years, they'll be collectibles. Yeah, I'm saving them for eBay, along with my beanie baby collection. (laughs) (laughs) They can only go up in value. (laughs) (laughs) Can they? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So I want to begin by asking the question. How do you feel when you hear a new edition of a game you already own is being released?
1: It depends. <laughs> uh, I actually I have a lot of new editions of games that I've owned the previous editions to. But I also I tend to have the kind of games that new editions are good for because if you play Fantasy flights, big box games with lots of powers and lots of expansions and all kinds of cards that get crazy interactions. Eventually, you you get to a point where the, the rules are bloated and things happen that are broken or just like not as fun or clear imbalances that are hard to find in playtesting kind of come to light. So sometimes it's nice to see a second edition or a new edition. Sometimes there's more than second edition. But uh it can also it depends on the game. Some games are just I find worth spending the money on. Some games change so much that it's almost like buying a brand new game, like with Mansions of Madness. And sometimes there will be upgrade packs or ways where you can get the new stuff or the updated rules and components. Or at least some of them without having to completely squash what you already have.
2: I think for me, the way that I feel when a new edition is announced is commiserate on how long I've had the old edition <laughs> and the time in between the new edition was announced. So if it was just a few months when I've had the new edition, then I'm going to feel pretty bad. But if I've had a game for, you know, five, six, seven years, and a new edition is announced. Then this thing is not so bad.
0: Yeah, I think I'm the, I'm the same way, but I also don't play a lot of the games like you, Wolfie, that require updates very often. So, for example, there's a new edition of Raw announced, and it's the old edition of Raw just looks new. You know, it's there.
2: It's got minis. Yeah,
0: it it does. <laughs> a new edition of Raw does have a a little Raw mini which was scandalous around the game table at lunch, but <laughs> so it doesn't make, usually make a lot of difference for me. Cause I don't, I don't usually buy the new edition if it, all it is is aesthetics.
1: I think it can make sense to do that. If you know, like games go out of print and they're hard to get sometimes a new coat of paint can help a game find a new audience that either didn't look at it before because it looked super ugly or, just wasn't around in the hobby when it was when it was first out. So, even if it's not changing something, and you know, then you don't have to get the new edition if you already have the game. But it can open it up to more people who want to buy it.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a type of game that are more prone to getting the new editions. But I think as the overall board game popularity has grown, the games that are receiving these new editions are kind of veering outside of the typical things that we've used to seen, you know, games that receive tons of expansions, they have received uh, lots of card packs, things like that. Like you were mentioning, all these interactions need to be smoothed out. And that typically happens in a second, third, or sometimes fourth edition. And we haven't seen those outside of the those more kind of popular, growing lifestyle type games. But now we are, I think, seeing that more and more in the more um, compact Euro-type games, like Raw, like other games that we'll probably get into later.
0: I feel terrible, but I I feel like for the good of the podcast, I need to admit this. Alex, when you were talking, I was focusing on these lines (laughs) and not on what you were saying. So I'm very sorry. Could you give me a brief recap?
2: Is that that not what we're supposed to be doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We all just watch the lines. We talk so that our (laughs) line does something.
2: Yeah, I thought it was some sort of game where you know, whoever gets the most zigzags wins.
0: <laughs> your, you know what? Your two zigzags are a lot taller than mine. So apparently, you know, even if I don't know if any quantity, will make up for your quality.
2: <laughs> well, I can't rely on quality, so I'm just going for quantity. I was just kind of kind of saying that there are certain types of games that are more prone to those new additions that kind of Wolfie hit on earlier. They usually have tons of expansions, they are pretty popular, they have more card packs, lots of interactions that evolve and kind of manipulated over time and players have kind of, not broken them, but kind of uh, pushed them to the extremes and pushed them to the edges to where the des- original designers are kind of losing control of their original vision. Mm-hmm. And so a new addition allows the designers to rein things back in, start over. But that's kind of how it was. And I think we're seeing these new additions pushing out towards more and more games where we wouldn't initially have thought needed new additions. So that's kind of where I was uh, going with that.
0: All right. See, I wasn't paying attention when you said that this time.
2: (laughs) Just kidding. We're stuck in a loop. (laughs) And the whole concept between these new additions isn't entirely new. I mean, it's happened in books for lots and lots of years, where they have added chapters or redacted chapters. They've added whole different endings to to different books depending on regions. DVDs and now Blu-rays have collector's editions. They have director's cuts. You release albums with, you know, best of hits, the remastered audio, and video games have been doing it with all the expansion packs packed into one with updated graphics, things like that. So it's not an entirely new concept, but I think the sting is a little bit stronger when you have a board game, because when you have a physical product like that, it feels like more finite than something digital or um, something that you're just gonna watch on our TV. Mm -hmm. You feel like this should be the finished product.
0: And I think the sting is a little greater too, because in addition to it being a physical product and finite, It's the kind of thing that you can still play it. You can still play an older edition. And so you're thinking, well, I shouldn't have to buy a new edition because when I bought this, you know, I I was buying it forever. I was buying this as an heirloom that was going to last me. You know, (laughs) I know that's that's kind of the sting whenever I consider, you know, should I upgrade to a new edition? But again, the games, the kind of games I play, they're usually not gameplay. It's usually just aesthetics. But whenever I consider I'm thinking, oh, well, what I've what I've got, I can already I can already use. But then the sting isn't, you know, I don't really feel a sting when someone, when the Euro classics editions are released, I'm thinking, oh, it's the same as the one I've got. I'm okay.
2: Intellectually, I should be able to distance myself from a new edition. I should say, you know, I paid for this product because I thought it was worth that at the time. It's still completely functional. I can play with it just like I have been playing it for years and years. But emotionally, (laughs) I look at it and I say, uh, I could play this, or I could just plunk down and get the new shiny thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's hard to balance that.
0: I know if, about a month ago when X Wing announced a second edition, I was sick for all those people who had invested in X Wing because X Wing is the kind of game that you, if you really want to get into it, you have to spend a lot, a lot of money to get into it. And to cons- to think that there was a second edition coming out when I saw the first edition Dawn was just kind of sickening for me. I was, even though I'm not, I don't play X Wing. I was feeling the X-Wing player's pain.
1: It's actually been interesting because I I had an X-Wing collection and I was I'm in like some Facebook groups of people who buy and sell and trade X-Wing stuff and Armada stuff and Destiny stuff. And actually like it's it's been an interesting effect. And I think part of the reason why is because they did announce a new edition but they included upgrade packs for the old edition. And I think, like, I haven't seen anybody that's like really upset about the new edition. And what I see is, one is people who are kind of phasing out of X-Wing anyway, and they have these huge collections they've collected over the years. That was me, I was one of those people. And then, and they go and say, okay, I'm just gonna sell my collection. And then there are people at the same time, we are like, Ooh, a second edition is coming out. I can buy somebody else's old collection for cheap and then buy the upgrade packs and have a bunch of ships like fresh and ready to go. So there's, a, there's like people who are like intentionally buying out old collections so that they have a big collection and can just buy a couple upgrade packs to play. And if you want to stay in, you know, you kind of expect to be buying more. Like, X-Wing is the type of game where you kind of expect to keep buying more ships anyway. And so I haven't seen people be really upset about it. I've seen people taking it as an opportunity to get out of it and as an opportunity to get back into it. And people are interested to see what's coming. I think the game needed a new edition. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that's coming. But there were just, there were so many different upgrade cards that interacted in weird ways and that cost and been tweaked and like they created certain upgrade cards to kind of help balance out older upgrade cards and make them more competitive with the newer upgrade cards it was just kind of like there's just like so much so i don't know it's been interesting i haven't seen people upset about it i think they did a good job with a new edition with those those upgrade packs
2: I think they did it about just as well as they could have expected to have done. Like you said, I don't think there's too much vitriol out there for making everyone's collections worthless. And correct me if I'm wrong, because that is a very high likelihood. Um, But they've kind of shifting over to more of a digital. They're using some sort of digital implementation in the new edition. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so basically what they've done is they've taken the point costs off of the cards off the upgrade cards so if you're you're probably familiar but in case you're not familiar with how the game works uh typically you build a little squadron of ships spending 100 points and you have pilots that have a cost and you have upgrades so you can have a lot of little cheap ships that are just there's a bunch of them or you can have a couple like very strong ships that can do a lot of different things uh, in the first edition, everything just had a point cost printed on the card, and you had to make your points add up to 100. Uh, now there's an app which kind of handles the math for you, and the app will still show the point cost so you can customize it, but it's not on the cards. And I'm guessing the reason for that is uh, as the game grows and as more upgrade cards come in, like they can fix older upgrades just by adjusting the cost of the card in the app, instead of having to invent a new rule for how to make it worth the cost again. It's just like, oh, this card now costs two points instead of four points or something like that. So it's all, it's digital. Another cool thing about the digital thing is they have, they will have built in kind of pre-built squadrons, which is something I kind of wish that I had when I was playing because I didn't play it enough to get like good at building squadrons. So it would have nice, it would have been nice to have just like, oh, here, use this squadron with these upgrade cards and these pilots. So now you can just press a button and then app and get it.
2: Sounds like you should uh, pick up the second edition then. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to the store right now. Yeah, but that digital implementation sounds like a reaction to any further new additions that they might have to do. So instead of having to reissue a whole new edition, they can just do all the rebalancing through the digital app, or at least that's the hope.
1: I'm sure they'll come out
2: with a third edition in seven years, but (laughs) holograms and such.
1: It'll hopefully keep things more balanced and less, a shorter FAQ, as it were.
2: And I do like the idea of offering those upgrade packs to the players who want to continue with the game. One game that has received a new addition is Stronghold. It came out from Valley Games, I think, originally. And it's I like it. It's a, it's a nice game. It's a, it's a one-on-one game in which humans are trying to stave off an invasion from some orcs. And a new edition was recently published, and they kind of fixed some of the scoring stuff that happened. It had a pretty convoluted win condition going on at the end, and Stronghold, on, at least on BoardGameGeek, had promised to offer upgrade packs in the forums there. And Stronghold was the new publisher for the new edition of stronghold. So that's a little confusing in and of itself, but anyways, they were said they were going to have these upgrade packs and, you know, they put on their website coming soon upgrade packs coming soon. So I held on to my first edition hoping for those upgrade packs to come out and it just never materialized. When you ask in the forums, uh, when is this upgrade pack coming? Just crickets and I think it's still on their website as coming soon and it's been two or three years since that was <laughs> offered and just complete silence on that end. I wish the upgrade pack was offered. That would be great. But even better would be if they were to tell me, just you know, it's not happening. Um, so, <laughs> just one way or the other, I I would like that.
0: That's interesting. What you noted about the X-wing transition going so well, and the reason because, I mean, Fantasy Flight—it's kind of old hat for them to make new additions. and <laughs> you know, that is true. They, they specifically make games that cause community. So. A lot of competitive organized play type things and so for them an upgrade pack is essential if they don't want their fan base to come out with pitchforks to get them whereas stronghold you don't see such such a rabid following for them i don't know if anyone was clamoring for a second edition of stronghold may i mean you can correct me if (laughs) if i'm wrong alex do you think that an upgrade pack is owed by the publisher if
2: I think if you were the original publisher and you're publishing a new edition, I think it's almost expected for you to to have some sort of concession for the original owners. If not a physical product, at least some sort of print and play option in which you can squeeze the original edition into the new clothes of the second edition coming forward. I think it's a lot more a difficult ask when someone has picked up an old license for an old game. And try and offer some sort of upgrade pack for those original owners. It goes a long way, it gives you a lot of goodwill to that new publisher, but I don't think it's expected.
1: I think it can also depend on the game and also how much time has passed. You know, John, you talked about some of your the like the Euro classics that got re-released and it's essentially the same game with new components. Does there need to be an upgrade pack? Like if you really care about the components, that's basically what the, you're paying for on the new edition. You're not paying for new development of the game or whatever. Uh, so it doesn't really make sense to have an upgrade pack for a game like Twilight Imperium, which did not have an upgrade pack from the third edition to the fourth edition. It would have been very difficult to have any kind of thing that could bridge that. Cause a part of a big part of the fourth edition was just like condensing all of the expansion material down into the stuff that was good and leaving out the bloat. So
2: yeah, That's very true. How long was it since the third edition?
1: I think the third edition came out in like 2008. So it was about 10 years, okay. which is also a good long time for a new edition. It does, I did see when that got kind of announced or when it came out, I saw some people kind of lamenting the fact that they had, literally just bought the third edition and were upset about it but i you know after the fourth edition came out i saw you know people were still happy to play third edition and even like shut up and sit down said hey like twilight imperium is cool if you want to play twilight imperium but don't want to spend the big price tag for the fourth edition you can buy the third edition now for a good price so just go with that so it does stink if you have a game and a new version comes out that has shiny new parts to it that you want to get your hands on, but there's only so much a publisher can do. And I don't think it's in the publisher's best interest always to either leave a game to linger on or to twist themselves into knots to try and upgrade older editions to the new editions. There's, there's gotta be some kind of what's the, what's the word? limit
0: of statute of limitations
1: statute of limitations thank you that's the way
0: it's fairly natural for this to happen for ccgs and lcgs because they kind of naturally hit a hit a life cycle where if you let the game continue on as it goes it just no longer becomes fun because certain cards are overpowerful certain cards are underpowerful and to rebalance the game you kind of have to start over i know one way that Uh, Fantasy Flight has dealt with this: is they phase out certain expansion sets. So they'll have like every expansion will be on a two-year cycle or something. And so after two years have passed, then all of the cards from this set are obsolete and you can't use them, at least in tournament play, organized play. And on the one hand, I'm kind of a cheap gamer, and so for me, I would say that's ridiculous. (laughs) But that's also the reason why I don't really play lcgs or ccgs competitively i like the games but there's no way i can afford to stay in a tournament scene like that but i guess for people who have more disposable income than i do and this is how they want to play keeping that community fresh is a very important thing and so in that respect i think new additions even though they might anger the cheap players like me i'm not the one giving them the money anyway
2: <laughs> <laughs> i am noticing a trend in more new editions for non- CCG games, uh, more Euro style games. Spielworks is a company that their kind of MO is printing a thousand copies of a single game and never reprinting it again. And what that causes is this kind of very scarce, almost artificial desire to have these games. So instead of Spielworks reprinting them, they hand it off to another publisher who typically will make a new addition. They'll make some upgrades in terms of graphic design and art. Maybe component quality is better. Phil Eklund and Sierra Madra Games have recently actually investing in art in their games and <laughs> bringing out new additions. I know it's a shocker there, um, but they have an actual artist and graphic designer making their games actually pretty nice looking for a change. And owners of the original, you know, they look at their sketches on their old games and they look at the actual artists work on the new games and you you know you're seeing that in areas where i wouldn't have expected previously and now i'm kind of faced with a dilemma because i'm a person who likes pretty things i like shiny things i like good quality components so unlike farmer lenny there that raw mini has me looking twice (laughs) at the new edition of raw
0: And Knowing that Spielworks is the kind of publisher who publishes a thousand games and then hands it off to someone who's going to make it nicer, that to me, I I know there are some people who like to be early adopters of a game. I am perfectly willing to wait for the definitive edition, at least for most things. There are some games that I imported the German edition, like Reiner Knizia's Quest for El Dorado. I imported that from Germany as soon as I could get my hands on it. But there, I mean, the text doesn't matter. It's it's in German. Who cares? But for significant upgrades, like the kinds of things that happen to Spielworks games. For example, I backed Gentis on Kickstarter from Tasty Minstrel. Right. Looking at that edition compared to the original one that was released. I would be fairly upset <laughs> if I were one of the original, you know, early adopters. It's like, thanks for buying this this handmade project. It's not a handmade project, but I guess just comparing it to the new edition, it looks kind of like it.
2: Yeah, it's a step above. Mm,
0: yes, <laughs> to, to put it mildly.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it almost feels like you're a guinea pig or in the testing grounds for these new ideas. And that's kind of a, a neat concept, except that now you're stuck with this game and you're looking at this prettier edition of a game. Uh, another Spielworks game that I'm looking at is Solarius Mission, uh, which has a bunch of dice and I had to sticker all those dice. And the new edition has these screen printed dice. It has d- dual layered player boards with recessed indentations to put my pieces in. And those are just really nice things I wish that I had. And it was not an insignificant amount that I paid to import this copy of Solaris Mission. And I should have seen it coming because that's how Spielworks works. But um, (laughs) like I said, that's just the emotional side of it working its tendrils into my uh, gamer life, I guess.
0: Are there publishers that you... I, I mentioned Spielworks that I probably wouldn't buy one of the original editions. Obviously, they have a lot of fans and kudos to them. I mean, they want to support the the publisher anyway, and I think that's great. Me, I'm not emotionally tied to them, so I probably wouldn't do that. Are there any publishers that you avoid because of frequent and close together new editions?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fantasy Flight over there.
0: <laughs> that's right. Single-handedly keep them afloat.
2: Yeah, I guess that's my reason for avoiding fantasy flight as well. And also, I don't like many other games. So <laughs>
0: yeah, easy helped. to hey, avoid.
2: If you if you look at the amount of time, though, like
1: X Wing had six years between the first edition and this newly announced second edition. Twilight Imperium had ten years. Mansions of Madness had five years and the new edition was basically they made it kind of like an expansion pack to the first edition if you already had that so it's like i don't know i don't see fantasy flight as a company that destroys the value of, of their games too quickly i think they make new editions when it makes sense
0: mm-hmm. that's a good point they really do seem to take care of their customers the company that i'm a little bit more nervous about supporting in this respect is asthmatic games I bought two editions of Impulse, actually. So I bought the first one that they released after Gen Con. And it was, I mean, they build it as this is essentially the beta, which I was willing to pay for. And then they released the final edition and it looked like the beta. (laughs) (laughs) And it was kind of a bummer that there was talk of all these expansions that were going to be released. And then the Asmati edition just kind of fell by the wayside and was replaced by a Polish company's edition. And seeing the way the kind of very public beta process that they go through. So, for example, when Motainai was announced, they put a print and play. They were making a big deal on Twitter that, hey, Carl Chudik designed a game this weekend. and It's great. and We're going to publish it. So already it had a low, it, it had a very quick incubation process. And then public prototype lasted very quickly. And then, you know, a month later, games are in people's hands. I mean, Motainai didn't do it for me. I don't know that it was just because it was play tested so quickly, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are addition changes down the line. So I, I'm a little bit more nervous about them. Although Carl Chudek is one of my favorite designers, so I don't know if they can really keep me away. Even with that,
1: is that how you pronounce that game? Yes, that is not how I would have ever guessed. I am not good at pronouncing things, but impulse. Are you sure? I thought it was <laughs> Impulsio.
0: Impulse.
1: <laughs> I would never have guessed it. M- Matana? M- I can't even pronounce what you said. I thought it was motai.
0: Motainai. When it was being released on Kickstarter, there were pronunciation videos and things. So at, at least I'm going based on my memory of those. But Alex, I, I mean, I feel good that at least one other person is confirming it. So maybe I got it right.
2: <laughs> good enough. I, I believe that's correct. My uh, years of watching Japanese soap operas have paid off. (laughs) All right.
0: So what is a good example of a new edition of a game? You've seen the old, you've seen the new. What is kind of your gold standard of a new edition?
2: I'm not so much looking for rules revisions or kind of these big box editions that packs everything into one package. I'm more looking for art and component upgrades So the one that really stands out in my mind is the Vinyos Collector's Edition that was published about three, two or three years ago from Eagle Griffin. This was a What's Your Game game from Vital Lacerda. It was a typical uh, What's Your Game layout with this. They all look the same. Basically, all the What's Your Game games look the same. And the new Deluxe Edition uh, has beautiful, high quality components, super thick tokens and chits. Beautiful board artwork by Ian O'Toole, and luckily I didn't own the original, so I was happy and more than willing to get the new collector's edition.
1: Man, I have I like new editions. I think that not to be super predictable here, but I think that uh, the fourth edition of Twilight Imperium was fantastic. New edition. Hold the phone! If you're going to make a new edition for a game that's expensive and that people are going to be upset about because there aren't any upgrade packs, you might as well make it the most ridiculously awesome version of the game possible. And I think they did that. Similarly, and I just talked about this like a minute ago, but their release of the second edition of Mansions of Madness was really excellently done because if you already owned the first edition, you could basically treat it like an expansion pack. You could use all the content you already had. It included a little bag of extra components in the box to adapt your first edition. And then if you didn't have the first edition, you could buy that content in new expansion packs. And so basically just like there was nothing to complain about because you're buying an expansion pack for a game or you're buying a new version of the game that you can get all the stuff for if you want it. And they just took a game that had some issues and kind of dealt with that and came up with a great new game. It's basically a new game.
0: I think for me, usually the thing that matters most to me, which is silly because I I don't usually care about presentation that much anyway, but if a new edition is really going to tempt me, that's probably what I'm looking for most of the time because the kind of games I like, if the gameplay wasn't right the first time, it's not going to be right the second time. And so the gold standard re-release for me was Medici the third edition released by Grail Games. The first edition is a dog. <laughs> it just looks terrible. There, There's like this wheat graphic along the outside scoring board. Looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint. And it's just hideous to look at. Nobody wanted to play this game. I didn't want to play the game. <laughs> but it's a really awesome game. So I got the second edition. I usually don't buy new editions based on looks alone. But in this case... I bought the second edition because it I loved the game but it needed it needed some work. So the second edition looks pretty good except that many of the the colors chosen are easy to mix up. And there are little graphics, but it's hard to see them because they're kind of in the background of the various pyramid tracks in the center of the board. So I was very enthusiastic when Grail Games released their third edition with art by Vincent Dutrait. In fact, I was so excited about it that I offered to proofread the rulebook. So Full disclosure, I worked on the rulebook for that game, but really a big fan of the new edition. I, I'm also a big fan of the Euro Classics editions that Fantasy Flight slash Wind Rider slash now Z Man games <laughs> has been releasing of Reiner Kenitius games, mostly because they leave the gameplay intact, they give it a fresh coat of paint, which I appreciate, but each of them has tweaked the game a little bit. They haven't tweaked the main formula, but they've all included a new variant, except for i guess uh raw but they really gave that one a a nice graphical overhaul i thought but in through the desert they included a whole nother side of the board for you to play on and it really changes the game and I i thought that was pretty neat so for me it's the kind of games i play i'm not really interested in them updating the gameplay but if if it looks good enough i might i might be tempted enough to to seek it out
2: yeah, I think upgrading graphics and component quality is an easy way to facilitate a new edition. Um, but I think that's going to be happening less and less often. Uh, now with Kickstarter being such a prominent avenue for for acquiring games, we're now kind of seeing collector's editions happen before a game has even proven their worth. And the only way you can get a, a really high quality edition is before you even got to play it. So I wonder <laughs> how that's going to shake out after some time.
0: That is an interesting thing, because like, I, I look at Feudum, which the edition that was on Kickstarter was just lavishly, ridiculously overproduced, and at least according to your review, Alex, might not have been worth that treatment.
2: Yeah, and even the the retail production of that is actually one of the most beautiful games that I've ever laid my eyes on, but you can go all out. You can get metal coins, you can get... Like wooden tokens. I think you could buy an actual glass bead necklace. I don't know if it had any game function, but you could really, you know, <laughs> sink your money into it. At least for me, it just wasn't a game that earned it.
0: We're also seeing the Kickstarter second editions of more established games. So we already mentioned Gentis by Tasty Minstrel, the new edition of Endeavour coming from Grand Gamers Guild and Burnt Island games the new version of Eclipse which isn't up yet but coming from Colossal Games no longer is it the Puerto Rico anniversary edition they kind of have to guess how many people want to produce that number of editions in secret and then you know everyone it's their holy grail for 20 years or whatever <laughs> after it was released they can get a more accurate picture at this start
2: there is at least one upside to kickstarter there <laughs> <laughs> if you want it you at least have a good chance of getting it
0: mm-hmm. one thing that you brought up Alex that Uh, I want to touch on briefly before we end is this big box phenomenon. So a new edition of a game that kind of encompasses smaller portions of the game that might have been released separately and then bundling them all together. How do you feel about big box, big boxes, big box editions?
2: Big boxies, man, those those are just really strange products to me. If you're a big fan of the game, then the chances are that you already have everything or at least the things that you want or a good portion of them and getting the big box is going to be a lot of times redundant or most, a lot of overlap. And if you're a newcomer and you buy a big box and you have all these expansions, you have so much to wade through. And it's, it's almost overwhelming. I couldn't imagine jumping into a lot of these big box games for the first time with all the expansions thrown in. I just, I don't understand what they're meant to do really. Yeah. I, I, I definitely get what Alex
1: is saying but it I mean it seems like someone must be buying them because some, they're making them my theory would be that if you like Transformers movies yeah, my theory would be like if you if you're playing a game at a friend's house frequently and you know you like the game but you just haven't jumped into it yourself so maybe you're familiar with it maybe you've played with some expansions and then the big box edition comes out and suddenly you have a chance to get the game for yourself to maybe teach your family or teach your other group of friends or something that would maybe be the person who would buy the big box. Although it's still, it seems like that would not be that many people, but
2: yeah, I think it's more of a function of the publisher has all the assets for all the the expansions that they put out over the years, and it's time to reprint. And instead of just reprinting the base game, hey, let's make a big box and we can sell it for a lot more if we throw all this stuff we already done for a lot more money. And people will go, ooh, a big box, and then they end up having this giant box on their shelf and only playing the base game. So
0: it is kind of
2: I guess <laughs> I'm just cynical.
0: It is surprising how ineffective big boxes are for me i i'm still attracted to them though like when i played alhambra recently i think probably in the last year and a half i loved it and so i thought "Ooh, i should get the big box i have played the base game of alhambra i played it about 10 15 times but i've still only played the base (laughs) game of alhambra and i can't imagine gotcha (laughs) wading through all of those expansions same thing kingdom builder i played the app a couple of years ago and i'm like oh the app is better than i remember the game being so i should pick up the game and so i picked up the game and the expansions when they were cheap on amazon i only played the base game and then i realized oh kingdom builder is as boring as i thought it was <laughs> and i just you know it i i don't i don't get it i think they could make sense for dominion a game with that is so rules light and really benefits from a lot of variety as soon as you get it but even then i i recommend to people buy the base set expand whenever you get bored with it (laughs) i don't know and the big box of dominion is just two base sets kind of crammed together
1: (laughs) john have you played the the second edition cards of dominion
0: i have and i guess i like them better than the cards that were in the first set i already didn't play with thief or saboteur but yeah um
1: (laughs) same (laughs) So, I really like them. I really like the new cards. I agree.
0: Yeah. And I like that they sold me the upgrade pack. So, I guess uh, if you want to keep me happy, <laughs> sell those upgrades. So, we're coming to the end of our episode here. To close us off, what game would you like to see in a new edition and why?
1: I can answer this question easily because I've been <laughs> begging for this for <laughs> four years now which would be a new edition of Android, not Android Netrunner, which is sadly going out of business, but Android, which was the original game that Fantasy Flight made that created this crazy universe that Android Netrunner is set in. It's kind of a cyberpunk, noir, detective game with this ginormous board where you you play as a, like a hardened detective trying to solve this crime, this murder. You've got a bunch of suspects and you're flying around city and flying to the moon in these little hover cars. And there's like a conspiracy puzzle. That's literally a puzzle that you put together and it connects different points of the conspiracy. And there's, witnesses you talk to and reporters you talk to and evidence and like it is just it's a huge 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 game that is so cool it has so many cool parts to it but it's from the era of fantasy flight games that everything was like super bloated and like not well designed for the current era (laughs) I know that <laughs> if you're a Euro gamer, you, you can't tell the difference. But over the years, Fantasy Flight Games has gotten much better at coming up with designs of these big epic games that are still relatively quick playing that keep players involved in the game. I mean, in, the, in this version of Android, you could you could spend 20 minutes doing your turn and you're playing a five-player game and so everyone has a 20 minute turn. So you take a turn and then you come back in an hour and it's not your turn yet again. Sounds great. Uh, which, is, which is not good. It's not good. <laughs> but there there was so much cool stuff going on in the game that I I want them to make a new edition where you get to take shorter turns a lot more frequently and maybe the game only lasts three hours instead of six or seven. I don't think the game is worth playing for six hours. It is not. Back when I was back when I was a young hobby gamer and I didn't have very many games, it was totally worth it. But I had to get rid of it because it just wasn't. It was such a tedious experience for everyone that it was was no longer worth it. But it it could be. I, there's so much potential in that game. <laughs> I just I, and so every year, I, around the time Fantasy Flight always starts announcing new games two or three months before Jane Craven. I always go and say, hey. It's time to announce (laughs) Android 2.0. And they never listen.
0: Surprisingly, this is a game that I've actually played. I've played it with Wolfie, and it did take the advertised six hours. And I got to say, I was very glad there were snacks. Because I don't think I would (laughs) have made it without the snacks.
1: It's a snacky game. It's a snacky game.
0: What a slog. For me, I think the game that I most want to be reprinted In a new edition is glory to rome i pretty much only want it to be reprinted not because i'm not satisfied with my black box that i got on kickstarter but (laughs) i want it to be reprinted because i've introduced it to people and they have loved it and want to get their own copy and it is unfortunately woefully probably forever out of print so i wouldn't mind a new edition i like the black box art by heiko gunther it's good I wouldn't mind different art. I really like the, I think it's the German edition of the art by Clemens Franz. Wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't mind new art altogether. Basically, I just want the game available for people to buy.
1: Is there a price at which you would sell your copy of glory to Rome? Or is there no price that could pry that game from your glory Rome glorifying (laughs) pause?
0: You know, when I, When I first got the game, I should have sleeved it. But if I had sleeved it, I totally would have sold it by now. Just because I'm usually mercenary like that. I'm like, if someone wants to pay me a high enough price, yes, I will sell it. And I'm sure that there is a price for Glory to Rome, but I'm not seeking that price. I'm happy to have my copy uh, ready to play.
2: I've never played Glory to the Rome, but as a recent Carl Chuddock cult Convert, I would also like to see a new edition of that. So I guess I'll go with that too.
0: <laughs> see, you didn't even need to study. You just needed to let us go first. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Alex and Wolfie for participating in tonight's conversation. You've been listening to Breathing Flames, the com podcast. If you are interested in what we're doing, we have weekly reviews, news, articles available on com. We also are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We have a Board Game Geek Guild. You can find us in any of these places if you want to tell us we're wrong or that we're right or if you want a new edition of a game. And we're also on Google Plus for as long as Google Plus is there. Thank you again so much for listening. We hope to see you around and keep slaying dragons.
1: doo doo do, doo.
0: How was that? Did I uh, did I nail that? Keeps slaying dragons. I, I like think it.
1: so. I think you got it this time. You're getting better. I'm starting to actually believe that you want us to slay dragons.
0: That I care about it? It's one of my it's one of my top priorities.